All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Review the News, episode 64. I guess we had a, a week off hiatus due to the Super Bowl. Um, I thought the Super Bowl sucked personally, but that's a uh, and I thought the halftime show was subpar, but whatever. That's just me. It was but a there's great a lot. Game. It was a great game. It was it was show. a low score. It was a close game. It wasn't a great game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree I, with Neil. I agree with Neil. I yeah. and and uh, it's 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 funny. Um, coming out hot. What I, what, well, what I find interesting is that even diehard football fanatics that I think a lot of people wanted to. I, I want to say. Um, well, I'm sorry, Neil. Should I before I get like really deep into that? Should I? Uh, should we? Should you finish your intro? I apologize. The intro. I yeah, let me finish the intro. I mean, before okay. I lose my train of thought, I a very short. Right, time I'm sorry. Time. I'm sorry. Uh, so the Super Bowl. So I, I did. I'll tell you what the first thing we should have said was the first thing I should have said was I want to give a shout out to our guest last week, Helena, because yes. I had I was so interesting to listen to her. I really enjoyed every minute of that. And uh, and I we wish her the best. And I, I hope to see her again. And like Gary, like you said, she's she's fighting a good fight. So I want to give her some props for that. Obviously, we're going to talk about uh, Biden's going to finally save the day and, uh, you know, put Putin in his place. I can't say that with a straight face. I'm sorry. Um, California has lifted the mask mandates. Um, Queen Elizabeth has COVID. And um, what else were we going to talk about? The Canadian truckers. So they're going after their wallets now, which is just doesn't sound doesn't sound like American to me, you know, that they can go after their wallets. But uh, and then we're going to talk about Gary had had uh, wanted to talk about the the uh, the shooting in Portland and uh and inflation's through the roof, and it costs me hundred dollars every time I go to the gas station. So that's our show. Let's get at it. Wow, even where you're at, gas is that expensive, huh? I mean, I I drive cars with big gas tank, gas tanks, I guess. But yes, yeah, gas is expensive here. Usually, I put it to you this way. I put it to you this way. I went. This is the best way to say it. I went to the gas station and the liquor store yesterday, and it cost me one hundred fifty bucks. One hundred fifty dollar trip to the gas station and the liquor store. I thought that was ridiculous. I'm not surprised. Uh, what did you uh, buy with the liquor side? Just a 30 pack, <laughs> 30 pack to hold me over for the evening. For, that was yeah. <laughs> 30 pack to talk to us. It's all gone. It's all gone. But, uh, but anyway, so, so yeah. So you, you want to start off with the Super Bowl? I'm impressed. Let's start off with the Super uh, Bowl. You know, I think, I think because the, the Super Bowl, um, nowadays with sports being you know that, that's the that's the problem like say uh probably longer than that like 10 years ago maybe maybe even longer than that like 15 years ago uh if we were to be doing like a, a political chat and I, I know podcasts weren't around like 15 20 years ago or whatever but if we were to do like a if this was like a a forum at a college or something that we did every weekend and people, it was like recorded on the local TV or whatever. Um, and I were to start talking the Super Bowl on a political cultural show. I think most people would be like, Hey man, like that has really no point to absolutely no point. You know, it's just a very large sporting event. Um, but I think now with, um, I think now with the fact that, our sport has been hijacked by politics. Um, 
I, I think you you can absolutely talk as the uh, uh, of the Super Bowl is not only a a uh, sporting event but a political one as well because believe it or not the Super Bowl helped end mask mandates in California. I'm absolutely sure of it um, because of all the hypocrisy of all the stars and celebrities getting their photos taken in one of the strictest counties in California because California rules were already strict but LA County is absolutely even more strict with their COVID nonsense. Um, and then you had basically celebrities flaunting it in people's face. And I mean, there's just so much. I mean, um, basically, one of the incidences where the mayor of L.A., Eric Garcetti, had been caught a week earlier without his mask at, a, at some sort of public event. And he, he, he said he held his breath. Um, <laughs> right, right. Because we're no, I, I'm not I'm not lying. Like that was not the talking points. Yeah, that was one of the talking points he put out. He was like, well, I was holding my breath. And because um, I guess he was like, he was like, well, I was just doing pictures, but I was I was holding my breath, you know, and, and just kind of like lunacy, like just lunacy. And, I, and at this point, like, if you believe that, you know, then there really is no hope for you. Um, so, yeah, complete lunacy. And, and so, of course, he gets caught again without his mask and a few other celebrities and, and the people that are always tweeting how we need mask mandates and everything, of course, get caught not wearing masks. And, and so the Super Bowl. And I know this is this has probably been talked to death. I know we're late to it, but but we're we should we should put our two cents into it anyway. Um, but but yeah, the Super Bowl again as a sporting event helped move politics, right? And the um, the other thing I look for is like I, I I no longer watch when I do watch sports, and I know you guys give me crap, and I give you crap equally back about watching a lot of sports, which I, I don't really do um anymore i used to be a real big diehard todd will tell you um well i guess even neil when we were younger i was a pretty pretty good diehard but uh but anyway i watch all sporting events unfortunately with a with a political eye you know i i'm i i was very uh interested in the commercials you had a lot of electric vehicle commercials in the super bowl um commercials had the worst ever super bowl well, I and again, so again, I think that goes into the politics, right? Because Super Bowl commercials traditionally were very edgy, were very um, like funny. People were willing to do crazy things, right? Because you're spending all this money. Um, that's an amazing point. Now, they, people spend all this money, right? So you're going to do something that's real edgy. You're going to do something that's that no one has seen before. It's going to be a product that you've been waiting all year to launch and now you have 90 million people watching a football game and you can, you can, you can sh showcase that product or, or, or um, uh, whatever it is. So first off you get like all this weird crypto stuff then you get all electric vehicles, but to your point, like none of the commercials were very edgy, right? It was, um, you know, LeBron talking to his old LeBron, you know, uh, young, young LeBron. Young LeBron right? and it was stupid. Yeah, it was dumb um, for like some crypto stuff. But I really think, I think people now, because of the wokeness, right? All you needed to do was try to launch some sort of product, right? And and people and and be offensive to a group of people, and you would have died on Twitter that night, right? They people would have came out and would have absolutely crushed you 
if they thought you were doing something that's, you know, verboten in the woke religion that we live in. So I think that's partially one of the reasons why the commercials are terrible, because people are legit afraid to do anything edgy for fear of offending. Right. Unless it's pre-approved. I, I want to say there was some like a couple wokey commercials, um, but I, I can't remember off the top, top of my head because they were so un, uninspiring and un, un, unremarkable. Um, but yeah, so so again, the, the, the Super Bowl is is a is a political um, uh, political a political thing. It's not it's no longer a sporting event. We have to watch our politics. Then then you have the halftime show, right? And we haven't even talked about the game yet, which I thought was just was just awful. Um, you you uh, you have you have the halftime show, which which first off to me, I I felt like I was in a, a time warp, but not in a good way. I thought the halftime show was terrible, and the reason why is it's funny. It's because as the boomers are are going away, the gener the Gen X generation is slowly assuming the reins of power. Um, and Gen X generation is really the first generation that, uh, I mean, the boomers didn't want to grow up, but the Gen Xers are really bad about not wanting to grow up. And so that's why you see between all the boomers and the Gen Xers that march out the oldest halftime show on record it was like the, the combined age was like um i don't know over over 300 years or something i mean it was it was crazy when they were um i, I forget the 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 actual number but when i saw it, it was like, taking always... a knee can i can i yeah, just and, inter- oh go ahead you did uh we're gonna put up uh something important uh, then i wanted to say something but go ahead yeah the taking of the knee go ahead that. Go ahead, Neil. That's all. I, that's that was all I had to say. Was Eminem took a knee? Well, yeah, yeah. So Eminem takes the knee, which um, funny because no one's even doing that anymore, right? So it's like uh, you're you're doing an old. It's like it's like uh, like using words. It's like trying to be cool with kids, and you're using words like uh, cowabunga and uh, gnarly and radical. And, you know, they'd be looking at you like, what, what are you talking about? But you think you were like, well, these words were cool when I was young. Right. And so Eminem there like takes a knee and it's like, basically they're over, they're over, you know, people are over it. I mean, I would say for the most part, I mean, you don't even see anything like that anymore in the games. His knees are weak. Um, his arms are heavy. So two things here. So that was the only point where it got political to me. But the second thing is, I've noticed this. This is not something that I just saw in the halftime show. The the generation, every 20 years, once a certain generation becomes the overseers and whatnot of, of corporate America, they want to be nostalgic of their youth. So when I was growing up in the, in the 80s, happy days was a very very how old are you todd okay yeah geez todd holy smoke (laughs) i'm just trying to make toledo so when i was first growing up like 85 so happy days was a very uh very um one of the top shows in the country at the time 
a show about the 1950s. And if you if you go back, I, I, I get I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So if you go back, um, the 90s, you had that 70s show. Basically, every 20 years, you'll have nostalgia from about 20 years ago, and uh, that continues to happen. And uh, I really enjoyed the show because that was my music. That was what I was listening to uh, back uh, in uh, high school. So you know, hey. It worked for well, me. Let me say this then, Todd, to agree with you. Other than that one dude I never heard of, and other than 50 Cent, who I could never give a shit less about, but Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem, I had all of their records. Like, right. I loved them. I just, I'm not knocking them. I, I mean, <clears throat> the, you know, I can go on and on about every any one of them, but I just thought the show was very predictable and lame. And I, I don't know. People rave about it. And good for them. Like, if you, if you really enjoyed it, that's great. I'm not here. I'm not going to knock that. I just I. I thought I thought it was mediocre at best. Look, I thought I, it was I what was it was. With... It was millionaires and billionaires singing songs they wrote 30 years ago. Um, I thought it was mediocre. Well, I will say I, Paul I, McCartney I, did a halftime show a few years ago, so. You can see that about but that. Here's, he rock. He rocked it. What are you talking about? Well, no, that's a exactly. Rock show. I mean, of course he did, but that's not my point. <laughs> but uh, you're right. You're right about that. Go ahead. Uh, was Dr. Dre sitting at a desk, pretending a fake desk, pretending to move fake knobs. I mean, I'm not making that up. Like that's 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 what he did. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't really paying attention to that it was actually and, and no and, that and, point, so. and, and yeah no disrespect todd but you're the demographic they're shooting for right i mean you're the you're the one who wants to buy into the nostalgia nostalgia you know not to mention that 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 error was also not as 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 great as you know they want to make it out to believe like like i mean basically snoop dogg should be in jail for murder right but he got out of that because he I think he I think he actually like I don't know if he snitched or whatever he did, but he he was able to get out of that murder rap some some way or another. I could think he made a deal or something. Um but but like the that show to Neil's point was basically like a um yeah, I didn't really think the effort. I mean, like that's the difference between. Lane. So that I mean, that's the difference, right? So you're we're we talking about the generational thing again, right? Paul Paul McCartney, whether you like him or not, um, there's a reason why people still pay two hundred dollars a ticket. The Beatles sell millions of records every year. They're like sixty. They're, they're, the Beatles well, have been around for sixty years. They sell millions of records every single year. The Beatles aren't a good example, Todd. The Beatles are not a good well, example. Don't get me fired up about the I, fucking I, Beatles. I disagree. I think it should. I mean, that generation. Well, even the Who. Yeah, they they're weren't still that spending. Good. People are still spending four hundred dollars a ticket for the Who, and it and it's more than just, um, it's more than just the music. It's the show. Yeah. Um, especially Listen. at this point, because. Prince was the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. The end. Prince Prince ended it for anyone else that comes after him. That was the greatest thing I ever saw at a Super at the Super Bowl. What was that? I don't remember. I don't even remember. Oh that. my god, it was fantastic! Really? The pouring rain. Remember Todd in the pouring rain? Just after the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Brilliant. It was brilliant. 
It rocked. You remember that guy? Really? Seriously? As a musician? What game? No. What game was that? I'd have to look it up. Let's 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 get off the Super Bowl and and uh, Dr. Dre for a little bit. Let's move on to uh, Putin and uh, and um, what's the president of the United States' name? I forget. Let's talk Donald about that. Trump. Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about I, President Putin and and uh, let's talk about what's going on with that. So um. Oh, interject. So uh, um, the news was just reported before we took the air tonight that uh, France, I guess, is going to uh, broker a uh, talk between Biden and Putin. I'm not exactly sure why Biden and Putin can can't talk by themselves, but that's the report I saw. So what uh, what I'm um, what I've heard, and quite frankly, it makes a lot of sense, is this makes Biden look good trying to end this conflict. Putin probably... But he start, I mean, he started it. Right. But let me finish what I'm saying. Putin will probably get everything that he wants because Biden will give him the farm. And then so both parties get what they want and they probably avoid conflict. So, you know, it's a, it works for both parties. And... Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to entail the United States giving in to whatever Putin wants, I believe. Go, go ahead, here. And what does he want? Uh, Ukraine being part of NATO, and that was never going to be a possibility, so I'm not sure why we did all this. So, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's it's rather uh, it seems like a trumped up uh, thing. Pardon the pun. Trump, but, it it uh, does, does it? Yes, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gare, what are your thoughts? Oh, um, so many, so many thoughts. Yeah, really, I, I don't know where to start. Um, first and foremost this is this is a this is a wag the dog uh situation this is this is a a total fabrication of the state department and the biden administration in the hope that it can be used as a distraction uh for, to the american people and i think i think the real um crux of it. Uh, there was a story on conservative treehouse. I got to give them credit because they, because I, and I kind of, I got, I agree with most of it. Um, I had been thinking earlier about some of the things that conservative, uh, it's at conservative treehouse, uh, dot com. Um, and I, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to post that link up there. I, th- I think I, re- I retweeted it. Um, but basically they're saying that, uh, the U.S. is playing. The State Department is like basically wargaming this thing out with Putin, knowing full well that there's no repercussions for the United States, and they're willing to draw the line because basically the United States wants Ukraine and all the Ukrainian mineral. Well, you know, Ukraine is a very um, Ukraine gets compared to Canada a lot in terms of its relationship with Russia and its closeness to Russia. But the other thing that it shares with Canada as well is it's very uh, raw material rich. 
Um, and so, and then the, of course, I think the Russians have pipelines that go through the Ukraine um, to get to Europe. So the, Russia is heavily invested in the Ukraine. And I think that the global elites want to cash in on that. They want to make money on that stuff in the Ukraine as well. Right. And I think that's who the, um, that's who the powers that be are trying to protect right now. They're trying to protect uh, all those investments made by the elite at the expense of not only, um, you know, American soldiers that they would put in harm's way for this whole, you know, fabricated debacle, but millions of Ukrainians. Uh, knowing full well that uh, a large portion of Ukraine uh, supports Putin is 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 if not pro-Russian, at least am- amiable to Russia. Um, they don't care. I mean, this is the, again getting people killed to 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 add a, a couple hundred thousand dollars in your portfolio when you live in Northern Virginia is just kind of is is kind of what you do every day, right? I mean, it's just daily work. So. Um, so I, I really think this is a orchestrated fabrication. And I think, I I think Putin is, is doing his best, um, in respect to, uh, to navigate really what is real, right. The actual threat and what is actually, you know, not real in terms of, um, you know, is there really going to be a conflict? I mean, you had the other day, I mean, you have Zelensky the other day basically saying, like, I have my own intelligence and the Russians aren't going to invade. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty jaw-dropping if the president of the country that you keep going on TV saying is going to get invaded is like, we're not getting invaded. I mean, I, I don't know. Because they're not. They're not going to get invaded. Right, because they're not. And it's like, well, Russia has troops on their border. It's like, right? It's like, so? Like, what does that What does that mean? What does that all entail? Like, what is the, you know, point? Again, I don't think we should be involved in what is really a regional, con- it's, a re- it's a regional conflict. It really has nothing, nothing to do with us. And it goes back to the greater question of what is the point of NATO? Um, NATO is misused and abused, and it should have, when the Soviet Union fell, they should have dissolved NATO. I, I Look, I've said on before on the show, like, they wanted to keep some sort of grand alliance or grand strategy together. That's fine. They could have reconstituted um, NATO in a different parameter. But one, one, you would have never. So here, here's the thing with that. And, and stop me if I get too long-winded here in my explanation or if I'm not doing a good job explaining it. I think what happened was is at the end of the Cold War, 92, 93, right, you had an opportunity to dismantle NATO. But NATO was always really meant to be this protector of actual global world order as seen by guys like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, people of that ilk, right, this kind of unified man is conquering God, this, this globalized elite, this bringing the globalized elite together, right? I mean, even George H.W. Bush talked about creating a new world order, right? And, and I think NATO was seen as, as part of that. 
because you wouldn't want to dismantle that kind of bureaucratic infrastructure that you spent 70 years creating because the main adversary that you promised to use NATO against all of a sudden disappeared from the face of the earth. So what you had was basically this, this Clinton came to power they needed to find a reason that for NATO to exist. So when you had the Balkan conflict, when you had the breakup of Yugoslavia, that was a total NATO. That was a NATO ran uh, military. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, exercise. And what you had was NATO. Uh, was involved in first in 1995 when you had uh, Serbia and Croatia and Slovenia and all those countries fighting each other. Um, you had NATO go in and be involved with that. And then you had uh, NATO involved in Kosovo in uh, the later part of Clinton's administration. I think that was when, and Todd, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's when the Lewinsky scandal broke. So they were even more, it was even more pressure for Clinton to have some sort of military action. Um, or that could have been maybe confusing when Clinton was sending uh, cruise missiles to Iraq in 98 because they were violating the no-fly zone. But anyway, these military conflicts, um, these, low, these low-grade military conflicts in the Balkans, uh, was Madeleine Albright, uh, was the Secretary of State, was using NATO um, to get in there. Uh, I, think, I think maybe the 1995, and I apologize if I'm getting these things mixed up, but I think 1995 was maybe a UN thing where I know for sure NATO was a Kosovo thing because I remember some of my drill sergeants having NATO ribbons from Kosovo on their um, dress uniforms. And... Um, uh, and so because of that conflict and them using NATO in that regard, they were able to, you know, kind of, I want to say trick everybody, but they, 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 they morphed NATO's purpose into, into, oh, we, 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 we're peacekeepers. And it was never, NATO was never really designed that way. NATO was designed to be a countermeasure to the Warsaw Pact countries um, and their uh, aggression in Eastern Europe uh, towards a possible invasion one day of when there was East and West Germany, like an invasion of West Germany and France and the rest of Europe, Greece. So doing now is they're trying to just use NATO as basically this, this big giant polyglot organization to absorb these former Russian Republic, these Soviet republics like Ukraine, like Georgia, because they're in very key positions in the world geographically, and they also are very mineral rich. So that's, that's what the play is. I mean, Biden, if you do, if you go and look, and I'll digress here for a second, and I'll, then I'll shut up because I, I know I've been very long-winded. Um, but the, go to Peter Schweizer, right? Peter Schweizer has written about the Biden crime, like the Biden crime thing. Well, the Bidens have, of dollars of assets and interests in the Ukraine. I mean, one of the things that Hunter Biden was was accused of was his dealings with Burisma, which is a Ukrainian company um, that paid him something like uh, like fifty million dollars or some some crazy number like that. 
so what? Uh, or maybe not fifty, maybe five. Um, but they Barisma was I'd have to look it up. But Barisma was worth there was like a billion dollar deal, and he got paid for setting it up, even though he had no experience doing anything like that. He flew on on Joe Biden's jet when Joe Biden was the vice president to the Ukraine, uh, to China to broker these deals. Um, so, so there's a lot of things happening here. And I really think that they're using Putin as a boogeyman to distract from really what they're trying to do, which is actually set themselves up to pilfer Ukraine, uh, to steal everything from the Ukraine. Um, so, uh, that, I mean, that's my take. That's my take on all that. I really don't think there'll be a military conflict because I, I really think that Putin doesn't want one um, because the Russian military is nowhere near um, anything like the old Soviet military. Um, and even then, the old Soviet military did the same thing that we did in Afghanistan, and they, they lost uh, terribly in Afghanistan as well. So, um, well, so yeah, yeah, I. I, I I just thought we were going to have something going on up until the report of a summit between uh, the U.S. and Russia tonight. And now I don't think so. I think we're going to avoid conflict. It's going to look good for everybody politically. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I I think, uh, uh, believe me, Putin is not, not a good guy. Um, quite frankly, I, like I, I he he would take whatever he can take, but in this case, if uh, the UN or NATO or the US can use him, you know they'll take that opportunity as well. So, well, do Russia, I, I, do Russia... uh, Neil, you were asking, do Russians what? Do they like Putin? He's been elected. Well, that's I'm not a- sure if it's a gunpoint or not, but he's been elected. What do you think about that, Gary? Yeah, I, I think if you're I Russian. Think are, I would think I, if I was Russian, I would think I would like him. I think he's a no nonsense leader. You know, I think, look, I think the way the Russians operate their government is it's very oligarchical. Look, I don't think the Russians would sit here and lie to you about them being a perfect democracy, right? They're, they're, they, at least, they at least have more respect than our politicians who go around pretending that ours is a perfect democracy, right? Or, or representative republic. I think, I think Vladimir Putin, authoritarian by nature. I think he, um, I think he, he employs uh, a lot of, that are used by authoritarians. Um, but I think, you know, and I think there's there's some things that are in Russia that are very oligarchical, right? I think there's it's, there's a lot of control by corporations, but where have we seen that? Um, and, I, and I think that, that, it, that their democracy is extremely flawed. Uh, but to your point, Neil, I think the Russian people like the fact that he seems to get things done yeah. He's he's uh, after Yeltsin, he's improved uh, Russians' lives dramatically in terms of material wealth. I mean, there's there's issues in Russia, right, with demographics, with with you know um, you know wealth accumulation. I mean, you can you can 
you can fall afoul of the the Russian state and um, you know find yourself in trouble. Uh, but there seems to be somewhat of a, a rule of law as long as you don't uh, run afoul of the political machinery. But you could, but all those arguments they make against Putin, I mean, y- you could say here. I mean, uh, you know, there's questions about our most recent election. I wouldn't there's, there's, go that far. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean. Uh, so I mean, the one thing that Putin, the one thing that Putin gets accused of yet that we haven't had a politician really get accused of yet here in this country is murdering journalists, right? I mean that, they, that that's really de- the only deserve thing. Deserve to die. Yeah. Well, it's really the uh, that's really the only thing that that you could say that Putin does that maybe our politicians haven't, I would say, haven't figured out how to do yet without getting in trouble. So uh, yeah. is is they is they murder journalists. We we do things differently here. We do we do like we cancel people. We do other things so you don't necessarily have to straight up murder journalists. But other than that, there's there's really not uh I, especially within the last 4 or 5 years um tell me that corporations and oligarchs like Jeff Bezos and Tim Cook and all those guys don't control a level of um, or have a level of control in this country, unlike oligarchs like the oil oligarchs in Russia. Tell me that. Um, well, tell me that you you 100 percent trust all the democratic institutions in this country. Tell well, me that this constant. Go ahead. Here, I'll just go back to what my dad used to tell me. And this was before the council canceling culture started. This was like 10 years ago, but he was spot on. Basically, in certain countries, they kill you. In this country, they just take your money and ruin your reputation. So that's yeah. Which, which you know, which in a way is 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 like murder, right? I mean, they they murder your character. It's character assassination, no no doubt. I'd rather be character assassinated than you know, assassinated. What you know? Here's the thing with the character assassination: doesn't just affect you, Neil. It affects your children. So yeah. some that's why in Russia some people rather just die. Because at least their I kids guess they got more to lose than I do, I suppose. I don't know. Anyway, but 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 my point is is that they make Putin out look look look, and this ties into what's going on in Canada right now. You have the prime minister just give himself emergency powers to crush a, uh, a group of people who are protesting that his his overbearing COVID mandates. They all, all they wanted was for Justin Trudeau is to come out and talk with them like he did with Black Lives Matter instead of just coming out and talking to them. They, they didn't even say you have to give us what we want. They said, come out and talk to us. He could have talked to them and turned around and said, look, I talked to them, but I'm not giving them anything. I did what I was supposed to do. They need to leave now. And he'd be absolutely right from a political perspective. Um, and, and, and he couldn't even do that. And now... He's talking about seizing people's money, which is exactly what Putin gets accused accused of doing. Yet Canada is a respectable Western country. Not anymore. And Putin is an authoritarian, you know, right wing dictator. So um, can can I I ask a question here and expose? I mean, I think anyone that listens already knows that I'm, I'm a dumbass, but to expose my ignorance. Did did you know? And I'm. Did, I, it's an honest question. Did did you know what a 
fucking asshole this this uh this this guy is in Canada? Did, did we know what a what a piece of shit he is? And well, did it take this to expose what a piece of shit he is? I will respond to that. In 2013, Justin Trudeau said he admired China for their efficiency on getting things done. So he admired a communist state. Slave, slave labor, yeah. Yeah, for getting things done. Uh, well, that's Barack Obama said the same thing. You know, Barack Obama said the same. Look, birds of a feather flock together, and he is a leftist liberal. And everyone knew how bad Trudeau is, but again, so, it was. Let me ask you a question, there. I've been itching to ask you this. You're kind of the expert with the British, um, kind of the. Uh, British freedoms. So what is the difference between their style of freedom and ours? Because quite frankly, I would like to know what prevents something from happening like that here. Well, our, our, I mean, ours on a technical level, ours is more, I, so I think the reason why you haven't seen, I, and I, I, I was, I was kind of, I wouldn't say having a conversation, but I guess you could, for lack of better terms, I was having a conversation with someone. I said, look, the reason why Canada and Australia went so authoritarian is because in their parliamentary system with these emergency power acts and things like that, the parliament can basically give, uh, I guess, what, what is called the sum of public power to the prime minister to act in what is, quote unquote, we you, you can't do that constitutionally in the United States. And even if you did, you could only do it at the federal level because, again, what isn't given to the, to the federal government is reserved to the states. Now, people have asked why, even when California was being really bad, Washington with COVID mandates and the passes in New York City and New York, um, curious as to why there wasn't more outrage. And I would say within the last two years, and I'd be curious if someone could give a better understanding of this, but I would say people basically voted with their feet. And you saw a lot of people who disagreed with those policies leave those states if they could, right? If they could get a job, if you were in New York City and you were tired of all that crazy stuff, I think you went to Florida. Right. If you were in California, right, and you were tired with all that crazy stuff, you went to Arizona or you went to Texas. Right. Um, and I think because that release valve exists in the United States, which is barely, and here's the other sad thing I mean, it's barely functioning. Right. Because most of the states get bri take bribes from the federal government, like COVID money, right, Medicare, Medicaid money, things like that, in order to implement federal government policies. Um, but I think there was enough of a release valve where you could go to a Florida, you could go to a Texas, you could go to an Arizona, you could go to these other states um, that weren't as restrictive and basically continue to maintain your style of life. And I think that actually prevented a lot more of like COVID or mandate outrage. But when you have governments, parliamentary governments like Australia and New Zealand and Canada and and even Britain to a certain extent, which Britain was one of, I think, the first countries to completely lift all their mandates. Uh, and that's basically because, um, and I don't know if Australia has what you would consider a conservative government, but I know New Zealand and Canada does not. 
Um, but Boris Johnson is technically a conservative. Well, he is. He's a conservative party Tory, right? Um, but you can have sweeping changes of policy and law uh, with all in a, a parliamentary system, which is why we don't have a parliamentary system in the United States. The founding fathers were well aware of that. Um, dealing with the with prime ministers and a parliament and things of that nature. Now they molded some stuff like the Senate re reflecting the upper chamber and the president reflecting the king. And, and they kind of reserved some of those powers for those certain things. But they also were pretty sure and in, in defining what Congress could do. And they were also extremely sure of allowing the states to do with whatever they wanted. Um, and this is why we have our beef all the time about the civil war and stuff like that, because uh, that was greatly eroded. I mean, my argument always is, is that was greatly eroded, regardless of how you feel, why the southern states left. Um, and then again, not to, we're not, we won't talk civil war. But I mean, that, that, that was a, a dispute on federalism, right? Really what it came, came down to. Um, and, and so, but those are really what protected us. Um, I think Canada being able to pass like an emergency act where they basically give all the power to the prime minister and now he can basically send the army. I mean, he, he basically gave himself the power to send the army and to take out these truck convoys. Um, it's, I mean, they talk about fascism all the time. I wouldn't consider Justin Trudeau. fascist. He's a, he's a communist. And and um, it's 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 communist authoritarianism. That's what it sounds like. That's for sure. <clears throat> so, um, but but I mean that ties into the greater thing of the Ukraine, right? It's like as an American, what do I care about the Russia-Ukraine border when right across my own border is a guy who's like smashing truck drivers, um, sending in horses to trample women on wheelchairs. Who? Yeah, what's up with who, that story? What happened with that? Uh, and, and and that not only that the woman he trampled was native was a native um yes. so i guess so we keep getting told that these trucker convoy protests are white supremacists but the woman he winds up trampling in a in a wheelchair is a native woman so um again it's it's all farce it's all farcical um it, it, it is a it is the elite lashing out at the common people because if it was black lives matter or something that is approved by the corporations and the governments, uh, there would be no pushback to protests. No, the, Gary, the my, uh, my let me say this to you. My cousin uh, sent me this thing. It's this woman. It's clearly it's this woman videotaping herself, older woman, and she says, um, "Has she say? You might have saw this. She says that people uh, are losing their jobs if they don't get vaccinated, but there's no talk of people losing uh, welfare." or food stamps if they don't get vaccinated it's just the working class i mean it's 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 and it's attack it's in a it's it's definitely an attack on the working class yeah. it is a i don't know how else um, to take it how else how else could you take it well it's mm -hmm. it's ironic right because all the communist it, it, it all the all the quote unquote communists and all the working class supporters all these people are the same ones advocating putting people in like camps and stuff for not getting the shot, not getting, um, uh, um, you know, not falling in line with all the mandate stuff. And I, and really, you know, here's the thing, the reason why they don't mention the welfare people is because they think, again, they look at the welfare people and they know those people will show up. They know the character of those people. 
will show up and get the shot. And you don't even have to say like, look, you're not going to get your money. They just kind of, they would just even murmur that stuff. Right. And those people want their money. So they would, you know, they would just do whatever it takes to get it. So, yeah, I, it's, it's, um, really what it is, is it's theater. Um, see all the stuff about you, Ukraine, those stories aren't for me, you and Todd. Those stories are for the people who live in Washington, D.C. Um, those stories are for the people who, um, you know, are in the political sphere. They're not really meant to uh, be stories for us. Because, look, we know, we know it's ridiculous and it's dumb. And, you know, we, we, we know not to trust it. But the, the other piece is that... Um, you know, they, they, they're, they're still going to pump out their propaganda in order to try to sway, um, you know, some people over into thinking that, you know, that, that these are real issues, right? That this is really bad. Something really bad is going to happen. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of curious that Todd even thought that it was really going to, like, something was really going to happen. I just... You mean I don't with, get it. You mean with Ukraine or? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Putin's a bad dude. I will just say that. So yeah, he, he'll take whatever he wants. You know, if he well, if he can. Well, well, what makes you say that? Yeah, why is he a bad dude? Like, why is um, he a bad dude? Well, we already discussed. He, does a lot, he has done a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah, we've already discussed the documentary I watched before yeah. the show. So yeah, he's. He's done a lot of stuff. So, yeah, but, um, I mean, he's an authoritarian. He's no different than me. Any of the Soviet leaders um, up until Gorbachev, uh, really, he says he's a democratically elected president. Uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that there are certain societies that don't, you know, that basically they've been operating under an authoritarian rule so long, that's all they know, and that's all they're comfortable with. And Russia is one of those societies. They, they want to be under a, a strong, authoritative leader. So they don't mind having someone like a Putin in there, because really, that's what they want. You're not going to get a constitutional uh, republic or a parliamentary system, surely, in Russia, because the people really don't want that. You know what they want? They want food on the table. Well, that's and, that's that's what yeah. I want. And 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 in my democratic country, democratic republic, or whatever you want to call this, um, you know that that's that's imperiled because I I really think they they would. I think there's a there's a definitely a large group of people in the United States who would love to do what the uh, Canadian prime minister did. And that's authorized banks to not give people. I mean, they were talking about that for COVID. Sure. Like sure. shutting down people's ability to use, you know, financial institutions. And um, and that worries me as American. I mean, because it's not going to be our side doing that. It's going to be the other side doing that. And um uh, I can see a time very soon where being a conservative is is criminal. So, and I have not felt that before. 
Yeah, and you can see it with um, – I mean, they've wanted to really go after – I mean, they basically – our government tried to label parents who were concerned about their children's education as domestic terrorists. Yep. So that's where we're at. And they use this, uh, this constant drumbeat of white supremacy – and then, like I said, you find out that the woman who was ran over in the wheelchair and stuff is a Native American um, or Native Canadian. I don't know how that how they say that up there. First, na- first, first nation, nation, they say up, first yeah, nation. Up in Canada. Yes. First um, so, I mean, yeah, there she is as a white supremacist. Right. If any if any woman really if you were to believe in all the racial politics, if any woman has a has a has a reason to complain about white people it would be that woman. But there she is standing with the truckers. I'm going right. to go back um, to what you were saying a long time ago. No minorities, even in this country and even in Canada, really distrusted the vaccine. So even though the news media will tell you that it was all Trump supporters and all that stuff that didn't take the vaccine, a lot of minorities didn't trust them, the vaccine and what was in it. So it would stand to reason that uh, certain groups in North America uh, would would not want to take it, including Native Americans. Yeah, and- I'm not, I'm not shocked by it, let's put it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, I, well, you were also a reasonable thinker, right? So, I mean, and, and, uh, and unfortunately, um, I think a lot of times we have to look at, because the issues we have to deal with are usually racially based because that's how the left gins everything up. Um, I would say for the most part, the idea of freedom is a universal value, right? So whether you're a native, black, white, Canadian, American, you know, whatever, um, if you value freedom as described, um, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Western civilization or the, how, how, how do I want to say that? The Western um, uh what am I looking for? Uh, anyway, the the, the European society or the European the European Western idea of what freedom is, if that's something you believe in, regardless of what your background is, right, then you might find cause with the truck drivers, right? Who basically again, so what 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 key and and it's unfortunate because what gets lost is all these guys wanted was to talk about the vax mandate. And in relation to them driving across the international border so they could deliver goods and services. And all they wanted was Trudeau to come and talk to them. That's all, all Trudeau had to do. This could have ended all Trudeau, Trudeau had to do. And this is what makes him just insanely evil, right? I mean, this is, this is a guy who will sit there and listen to Black Lives Matter talk about made-up shit, okay, and, and, and um, all their nonsense. But he won't. He won't talk to a couple truckers uh, who are really um, concerned about, you know, uh, moving goods and services, and 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 concerned about their well, health and welfare, uh, whether you agree with them or not. And he couldn't even sit and meet with them. Again, it was not about agreeing to their terms, but it was just meeting with them to talk about it. Um, and that didn't mean he has to go stand out in the middle of Ottawa and talk to all of them. But there was an already people identified as, as quote unquote leaders. They actually went and arrested these people. Um, so they know who the leaders are that he could have spoken with and maybe put most of this to rest. So 
and, and again, he didn't have to, he could have easily have said, look, I talked to them. They're wrong. Um, for the, ma- the the vax mandates, most Canadians are, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but, you know, the, I, I told they asked me to speak with them and I did and they need to go back now and, and I'll consider, you know, what they said at a later date. Right. And I, that would have been it. But, right. Well, but see, now, I was hoping this would trigger a no confidence vote in Trudeau. I, I was hoping that might you might have never emergency election for the government. As you know, Gare, that does happen in parliamentary uh, democracies like uh, like the uh, UK and Canada. Um, yeah, I, I, I think here's the problem, Todd. I think this exposed the uniparty in the world, right? Because we talk about Democrats and Republicans. Like, you had a bunch of de- uh, Republicans no-show the Biden um, mandate vote uh, they, they, they were all, there was eight senators that were in Ukraine doing a fact finding mission. And it's like, instead of, instead of worrying about, uh, the vax, uh, passing a federal law, banning Biden from doing any sort of other vax mandate, right. They, they basically absconded away to Ukraine to pretend they were doing some foreign policy nonsense that no one in America really cares about. Even, even leftists. I mean, even even the left, even the even the Democratic base, I don't think they care about. Now, you might get some just, you know, you I mean, you do get the the idiots that parrot just everything out of the Democratic Party. But I think generally speaking, even mostly Democrats have want nothing to do with this. So you have so basically what you had in Canada was you had the conservative premier of Ontario, uh, Doug Ford. Basically agree with the liberal party. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, basically uh, line for line about how the truckers were, it was an illegal protest and the vax mandates are good and, you know, these guys are, are bad and, um, you know, they're almost like terrorists and there's white supremacy and it's all, all, all of it. And, and, and it. and what it does is it exposes that really it doesn't matter if you voted for the conservative government or if you vote for a liberal candidate in Canada, you basically suffer like Americans have been suffering for years, which is it doesn't matter who you vote for, really. It's it, they're going to screw you one way or the other. Or, or the Republicans, as I say, they just screw you light. Um, the Democrats screw you all the way. The Republicans uh, uh, use a little bit more uh, lubricant uh, when they're screwing you. So uh, unless they're trying to get into a war they want to fight. But. But I mean, that, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And that's why there was no, not a no confidence um, vote. There, you know, there wasn't going to be that because a lot of the conservatives 100% agree with Trudeau. Because they're part of that elite uniparty. I mean, it's an elite uniparty. That's, that's what it comes down to. So I um, want to spin this forward. So what the last sure. I heard was that the, uh, the, the protest was over. And the truckers, I guess, were, uh, I guess, uh, pulled out or of the, the capital. So what do you know about that? I guess it's basically over now? Uh, from what I heard, there's still people protesting in some of the spots in, like, B.C. Um, there's still uh, – I, I was under the impression that the, the police were still making arrests um, in, in Ottawa – 
So I, I don't know how much of I know the media basically has done like kind of a blackout, right? They're not going to show you the extent of the protests. They don't want to give those guys any more oxygen. But now the Canadian government has trained its sights on. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, Todd, I, I, I'm not sure what the extent of the protest is or, um, you know, where, where they're at in that respect. But I will say that now the Canadian government has trained its sights on any people who have given money to give send go to help the truckers, uh, whether it's $40 and, and Dave, Dave Reaboy, oh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, who we, we've talked about before um, with, with uh, Dave Pinson uh, is a, is a conservative thinker. And, and he's like, he's like uh, one of the points he made was he goes, look, he goes, uh, he goes, the media spends all this time investigating some, some old lady who gave, uh, who gave money $40. Again, this is like, goes to like the January 6th stuff, right? He goes, the media is spending like an inordinate amount of time investigating uh, a, a, a grandmother who gives $40 to this, this truck convoy to support them so they could have food and fuel. And meanwhile, he goes, you'd think the media would spend some time to figure out who the January 5th bomber is. Like they would do as, as much investigating in that. And, and it goes back to like the January 6th thing where they, they, um, they're, they're exposing like old ladies who trespassed on the Capitol but the actual January 5th bomber, we haven't heard anything about. What's the last time you've heard about the FBI investigation into the January 5th bomber? You haven't heard anything. What, what journalists, right? You, you, we always are told these journalists do this hard-hitting, uh, these exposés, and they, they, they help uncover things and things of that nature. It's like they haven't uncovered any, um, Thing to do with the January 5th bomber so so what, what what's going on with that you know what why aren't they doing that kind of investigative journalism the other thing is and I didn't realize this this is really interesting so there was pictures and Trudeau keeps referring to them in his speeches I think Reboy talks about this as well um keep referring to these pictures of uh this one guy carrying uh, so it was at the trucker convoy protest this one guy carrying a Nazi flag and another guy uh, carrying a Confederate flag. And Trudeau keeps, keeps mentioning these two guys in his speeches about the whole trucker convoy being about white supremacy and about uh, you know Nazis and all this other stuff. Yet no journalist ever went, and they have pictures of these guys, no journalist has gone to these guys' doors yet to ask them why they would carry those kind of flags at um, protests which I find amazingly interesting that they're going to basically use that to smear all the people at the protest. Yet these journalists who have access to these people's pictures ha have not once asked like, Hey, why, why would you bring a, uh, Why would you bring a Nazi flag to, to a protest like that? They could easily find out who these people are, yet they haven't done that. And it's curious to know why, why, why they haven't done that. So, um, and I, I understand this is going to be a touchy subject for you because I know you're um, 
not really um, not really so much uh, pro-Israel, but I will say that about uh, three or four days ago, it was it was a big deal that Trudeau was talking to a minister in Parliament, and he said, "You stand with the the Nazis and the Strachwatika," and uh, the person that was speaking against him happened to be a Jewish person that was um, a, a descendant of uh, uh, Holocaust survivors. And yeah, was, I saw that video. Yeah, that was that video. really, really terrible. Trudeau did not know who he was speaking to, obviously, and it was really quite uh, quite bad. I think, I, you know what, and Good, I, I disagree him. with your... Yeah, he's, I mean, again, he's a terrible, I disagree. I think he knew exactly who he was talking to, but he, he gets, he gets fed lines. He's like Joe Biden. He gets fed lines and he knows he just has to keep repeating them, right? They go, go out there and just keep repeating these lines, right? And so if a Jewish woman who's a descendant of Holocaust survivors is saying like, look, you know, what you're doing is wrong and bad, he, he's just going to go and repeat the line. He's not smart enough. He, he's not smart enough to realize, oh, it's like, oh, I better change my message because this is a Jewish lady talking to me. No, he, he, he's such a programmable robot, right, that he, he's going to say, he's going to repeat, no, they're Nazis, they're Nazis, they're Nazis, not even, not even realizing who he's talking to because, or again, like I said, he, he knows who he's talking to, but he, he, he's so stupid and he has to stay on, on that point to keep driving that point, right? Um, you driving that truck. I mean, pretty much. I mean, and that's what like Biden does when Biden gets up there and just keeps repeating the same thing, even though like everything around him has changed. Right. He's like, oh, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Um, it's because he's fed a bunch of lines that really has nothing to do um, with them. Not, uh, it's like, oh, they just didn't know who they were talking to. And I, I, I disagree with that. I think they do know. Um, I think they don't care. And I think they're they're told to to keep spewing these lines, and and that and that's what they're going to do. They have no consequences. Um, is that what you're saying? No consequences. Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't think they do because they know they're protected by the the the, the bureaucratic managers, right? No one's going to attack them. The media is certainly not going to attack Trudeau. I mean, if 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 I was accusing a Jewish person of something from a right wing standpoint, that would be all you hear about would, would be how I want to see this woman's family back in the gas chamber or something like that. That's that's you. It would be nonstop. It would be wall to wall coverage, but he's got cover from the media. They're not going to run that. I mean, the fact that he was basically calling a Jewish woman, a Nazi, um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's, she had it coming. Uh, she totally had it coming. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. It, it really is that, that – um, but, I mean, he's gotten away with this before. I mean, it's the same thing in, in Virginia when you had Ralph Northam. You had all these – it's like they, they, they dress up in blackface. There's pictures of him in Nazi uniforms, um, like uh, – just doing all sorts of weird stuff. And, and he's on the world, you know, if you go to the world economic forum, his pictures all over the thing for, for uh young leader. Right. And this oh, was yeah. before he, he was, a. he made a speech saying there's going to be a new world order. We can really use the, uh, the virus and uh, the pandemic 
to really reorganize the world. Really scary stuff. I mean, really. And, yeah, and, uh, and again, this stuff all ties into the Great Reset. Yeah, believer in that, exactly or what uh, he was talking about. And by the way, he's part of the ruling class's father was prime minister as well, so he's a Trudeau. So, well, his father matter. was actually the the dictator of Cuba. So, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's we just, should. Dis- I mean, we should discuss. I mean, that should be discussed, should it not? Yes, it should be discussed. Certainly, certainly. He is the son of uh, Fidel Castro. Okay, then <laughs> you're getting into a conspiracy theory now. Why am I getting into? No, why, I wait, 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 what? Why am I getting into a conspiracy theory? Go ahead. You have the floor. I mean, well, well, what's so conspiratorial about it? I mean, they, they, there's, there's, there's been, there's been uh, people who have gone and detailed the trips and highlighted the trips of his parents to Cuba. Um, there's pictures of his mother with Fidel. There's known the, the, the mother and father are known to have known infidelities. Um, Fidel, it's something, something that should be uh, talked about. I mean, if it's something and. And really, he should prove to us that it's Come not on. true. Come on. Whatever. That's ridiculous. You sound ridiculous. Why? Why? Well, first of all, you're talking about two, you're talking about someone's sex life, really. Oh, 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 oh so that's I couldn't care. I couldn't now. care less. What's that? Oh, that, oh, so stuff like that's off the table now. Nobody talks about anybody. I just, I just couldn't care less. You know, it's, it's a, oh well, they've seen, you know, they they've known to sleep around, and they, you know, they, and you know, they were. There's a picture of the, them with this person. So, who's to say who his father is? That his father is not his real father. I mean, come on, that's a, that's a, it's a very weak, very weak at best. I just said that it's something that it's something. <laughs> It's something that should be explored. I didn't say. I said he should try to prove it. I just I'm explored. To, I just explored it for you. Oh, I I do know that not only with China, but Trudeau also said that uh, Patel Castro was a leader he admired. I oh, didn't know that. No. So no, yes, no. When uh, when Castro died, he did say he's um, a leader that I admired. And he had some good qualities and all that stuff. Yeah, what that were was they? Also scary. So yeah, what were, his good, what were his good qualities? Uh, I think just getting things done, being a leader, tyrant, basically. Yeah. Yes. Um. So do we want to do we want to keep going here? Do you want to do you want to switch? Yeah, switch? Well, yeah well, we've kind of we've kind of we've kind of touched on all the topics. Yeah, a lot of the you... topics because they've kind of. Uh, blended together with nicely yeah yeah um but yeah if there's something else specifically uh y'all want to talk about I'm, well you I'm talked okay about off air you talked about the uh the matt harvey stuff i thought i thought you wanted to get that off your chest a little bit well yes I mean, yeah so if i mean we could segue into more of the sports dominant stuff if it's, that's uh well it's not not so much about i guess it is sports related but it's not really about talking about scores or anything like that but you you you're pretty passionate about it. we don't have to talk about it. we talk about something it's else. about drugs it's about yeah, it's, go ahead well 
no, I, I, I so recently, um, I think, um, and it, and it ties in maybe even with society uh, as a whole larger and, and you have rampant drug use and kind of, and a lot of people looking the other way and, and he's, you saw the, uh, what, what was the guy's name? Tyler. Tyler, what? Tyler Skaggs. Yeah. So Tyler Skaggs was a pitcher who, I guess they found him in a, in a, in a bedroom overdosed. Um, right, 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 yeah. The angels, and, right? Yeah, He was on the angels. Um, and, and what happened was, is that he, he had overdosed on drugs and MLB. Remember they all had like his name on the uniforms and everything. Oh, like four and, years ago, I'm going to say pre COVID say four years. Yeah. Pre COVID. And then they, they made it seem like it was like, uh, like he overdosed on aspirin. Right. I mean, they, they kind of treated it like that. Right. They were, people were, they, they had, uh, then they put his name and his number on like a black ribbon on all behind all the pitching mounds and angels, everything i think the angels won like a game in pretty crazy fashion the the day that he died or something like that against the seattle Mariners, correct oh, yes. that, that figures yeah that figures mm. so anyway gary I'm sorry. um no 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 so no because this, this is background information for listeners who aren't really uh, on the up and up with all the sports stuff um but you kind of come to find out that he was actually part of like a real seedy and shady underground. Um, I don't know if these guys were like dealing drugs with each other or, well, I, I think, I mean, I think they were, that's what it came down to. Um, these guys were, uh, you know, engaging and using illegal drugs. And one of the guys that has been swept up into this was a pitcher that when you really go back and you see the meteor meteoric rise of Matt Harvey, it had to do with the whole change of the Mets organization. The Mets were coming off some bad years. Um, they were uh, um, not very good. Uh, and, and Matt Harvey was one of the first of the, of the big three pitching prospects that the Mets wound up having, which was um, – Matt Harvey, Noah Syndergaard, and uh, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, Matt Harvey was the first out of the bunch to really hit the ground running. So there was a lot of fanfare. He started winning games. The Mets started putting together teams that were that were winning and competing and challenging. Um, you know, there was a famous moment, and it's mentioned in the article that I sent to you guys. That was in the New York Post by Mark uh, Mark Vaccaro. Uh, and you know, game five of the World Series when he refused to give the ball up because he was, you know, being a you know, basically considered like a warrior, um, trying to battle through. Um, and and he was really, uh, you know, seen as a guy who was going to be the face of the franchise. And then, you know, things started to come off, the wheels started to come off, he had some bad injuries. Um, but he never got better. And, as I said this off air, though, he, he never got. That's the. That's why I believe this because he never got. He never had these crazy career-ending injuries. He had injuries. I'm not gonna downplay that, but he just never recovered from these. What most of his peers would recover from, you know. So yeah, it makes sense. I, I think, it makes sense. The the drug, you know, the, the drug use. Right, and Lifestyle so choice. so they. So they're having, I guess, a, 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 a trial against Tyler Skaggs. I guess they found the guy who sold him the bag of dope or whatever. Um, and 
so they found so they but so they called Matt Harvey on as a witness, and basically Matt Harvey admitted to you know getting drugs, giving this giving this guy drugs because they were on the Angels together, um, you know doing drugs, all that stuff, and it's it's just really. Um, indicative i guess or not indicative but really a a a a a shame that that a guy like matt harvey i mean it really when they say it can happen to anyone they're they're really not kidding um but yeah so i mean matt harvey has this huge fall from grace um and and just you know the the drug usage um i just thought was just really really interesting because i remember matt harvey and matt harvey has never been this i mean he's never been the same no. since right i mean he's never uh he's like a a rundown journeyman now he doesn't really i Go would ahead. say if, if, if i if i may i would say that this this isn't surprising um and i would say of all the professional american sports that baseball is the most known for um drugs and alcohol i mean they've you know that there's alcohol in the locker rooms after every game, right? They have basically whatever you want. And, uh, and I do, I do have a little bit of a, if you could air quote insider information that, you know, um, my, I know, I know a friend of a friend, whatever however you want to say, I know people that have played in the MLB and they had always said that, um, all the players smoke pot and, um, not, not that there's really anything wrong with that, but I mean, it's just, I guess my point is there's just drugs and alcohol are all around it more so than I think than the NBA and the NHL and, and the NFL. I think it's not surprising to hear this. Yeah. I, 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 I think, um, well, who is that? The dominant, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off again. Who is that dominant pitcher on the Marlins who died in a boating accident? And that basically sank the franchise, pardon the pun. Um, what was his name? Like twenty-three-year-old guy, Todd. You know, uh, Fernandez. I forgot his first name, but it was Fernandez. That was an alcohol-related incident. Yes. He was drunk driving the boat. He had the kid exactly. had the whole world by the balls, and he and was that really sank great. the whole frame. Yeah, yeah, really, really changed and, um, everything. It's 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 a constant in baseball. I, I well, I, the I one thing I remember, the one thing I remember uh, that jumped out to me immediately is the is uh, Sidney Ponson was on like amphetamines and they were saying that amphetamines are really big in all of the locker rooms too. Um, and that, uh, you know, the, 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 the problem, you know, I, I think what happened is, is like actually what the, the greatest thing that ever happened to, um, baseball when it comes to the drug stuff is, um, everybody's looking for steroids and, 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 and playing enhancement drugs, right? They're looking for, you know, the clear, right? Barry Bonds, the clear. Uh, they're looking for, uh, you know, things of that nature. They're not looking at um, these kind of recreational drugs that are, that are just as devastating. And more dangerous. Uh, with, or yeah, or more dangerous because they're daily, right? With the with the players, um, I mean, you could even make an argument that you know steroids aren't as you know, certain level aren't aren't that bad, right? Because it's it's meant to help you recover and 
and things like that. And I'm sure if it was prescribed at a, a, do a regular dosage, I mean, people get cortisol, steroids all the time. Um, not saying that it's the same exact thing, right? But my, my point being that, you know, some of these performance enhancing drugs are like human growth hormone or used for other medical stuff. They just don't want, you know, people using them to help uh, enhance with their play, which is, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, doing methamphetamines and speed and cocaine um, is, is yeah, by far worse. And, and they talked about like how um, I remember when Matt Harvey was having issues, uh, like the guy was like not showing up to things that he was supposed to be showing up to. And, you know, he was like late to things. And then you brought up that great story about Doc Gooden, right? I mean, not even showing up for yeah, the parade after the 86 World Series. But I want to say about Matt Harvey, though, at the time, that was considered arrogance. We just right. thought he was an arrogant fuck. But it makes kind of makes sense that he, he wasn't. Um, or it wasn't just that, at least. Well, yeah, because it comes off as he's not going to be like I was doing a bag of coke all day. It just comes yeah. off like he's really selfish, right? I didn't feel like, yeah, I didn't feel like being there. I don't, I don't need to be there. Yeah, so, so I mean, this is the first time I've heard this before. Um, the, when you talk about the first time, so Dodd Gooden was not at the '86 parade. Yeah, he didn't go to the parade. No, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't you see Doc and Daryl? Yes, but I guess I forgot about that. Yes. The doc, the doc documentary. Yes, I did. But yes, you're right. I yeah, forgot. Really, about man, that. I was the right age. I mean, to, to date myself, I was, oh. you know, I was, I was the right. We were all the right age, and, and he was electric. I've never, I've never seen anyone like him in his prime. Oh, he that was, '86 Mets team thing. was ridiculous. Good. He was the greatest thing well, I ever saw in professional sports. He was, he was out of this world. Dallas Strawberry too. Dallas Strawberry too. I'll never forget Buster's yeah. boner. I mean, but. Uh, I can quote Ben Scully, little roller, uh, little roller down first, gets by Buckner. Here comes yeah. Knight, and then Mets let's, win for game six. So, let's yeah. see if we can do this. To, to our few listeners, let's see if we, there's no Google machine. Let's see if we can do this. I can, I can say there's Keith Hernandez, uh, Howard Johnson, Greg Jeffries. Um, who else? Who, is, who else was on there? Vince, uh, not Vince Carter, Gary Carter. Um, who else? Um, Dow Strawberry. Um, Wells, Mookie's and John Franco. John Franco was the badass reliever, uh, the closer, right? Mookie Wilson's and Mookie center. Wilson. That's the one. Mookie yes. Wilson. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. There, I listed just about almost all that starting team, and that was, you know, almost forty years ago. So they were, they were, they were rock stars. They were punk rock. It was electric. It was unbelievable. They were they were unbelievable. Bill Buckner, I guess you could put him on the Mets, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know the Red Sox wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know this they were great. great. I know this is getting them series. But they were great. Let me say this Todd. They were pointing to just to sum it up. They were great and none greater than Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden was was the greatest I've ever seen. So I know this Ron, that, that rotation was great. They had Ron Ron Darling. Ron Darling, that's right. Ron right. Darling. Right. Who, who else did they have on that rotation was really good. They had uh, Jesse, I think it was Jesse Orozco. Well, he was the closer. 
He was the closer. Oh yeah, he was a closer. Yeah, yeah he was a closer. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, what I was going to say, I know this is off topic, but the reason why Buckner was in the game in the ninth inning, normally because of his bad knees, he would be taken up for de- defensive replacement. But uh, the Boston manager, McNamara, wanted Buckner, who was a veteran, to be on the field when the Red Sox won the World Series. So he left him in in the bottom of the ninth in game six. And that's why he couldn't bend down because of two bad knees to field a ground ball. He I never should have been in the game. Couldn't bend down. It just looked like it got past him, but. Well, he, I mean, he really couldn't yeah. bend down very well. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Man, but game yeah, so seven, they met one easily. It was a blowout. blowout. So, yeah. But if I, if well, I may go I, back. I, as... You can't okay, blame yeah, that. Yeah. You, I mean, to me, you can't blame that series on, on, Buck, on no. Buckner. I mean, there's they, plenty look, but of listen, the Listen, the Red Sox lost the next game. It's not on Buckner. Yeah, I mean that's that that's really what it comes down to is they and I think were were the Red Sox at home for Game Seven? Yes, it was six and seven in a shade. So yes. So yeah, the, the, the momentum of Game Six carried them through Game Seven. It was a blowout. I forgot the score, but it was like. But Keith uh, Hernandez said he was nothing. in the locker room smoking a cigarette or something like that because he thought the game was he thought they were it was over. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. See, there you go. Nicotine's yeah. a drug. But uh, to come, but to come full circle, Gary, the 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 Skaggs thing is that is that an ongoing invest? So it's a trial on? right now. They're at yeah. trial. That's what he's he's testifying for at. for for him dying. Somebody's gonna get in trouble for him dying. They, they have they have the drug dealer there for murder. Wow. So I guess wow. or, or 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 maybe manslaughter. I don't know. Whatever they're they. they Whatever it is, it's, he's he's there for, right? So, um, and why so many years later? I don't know if you're if you're equipped to answer these questions, but that had, that had to be like four or five years ago. Well, I think I think the the thing is is that uh, um, let me see if I can see here. I think I think the thing is is that it just it just takes so long to go to trial because I mean I think this is this has been very extended testimony. I I think Matt Harvey's like been like the, the I think there's been a bunch of witnesses even before Matt Harvey, right? So Matt Harvey in the league last I remember he was pitching for the the Reds. Orioles. Oh, is he still pitching? That's right. Oh, that's the bottom. So of they're the saying they're, they're ba- basically Vaccaro's article which which is really tragic right is because of this testimony that he's given and and him the admissions that he's made Vaccaro's like the, the I guess he was on a one-year deal with Baltimore I guess he pitched okay with Baltimore last year yeah he, he was good um and and uh basically Vaccaro's like yeah they're not they're they're not going to resign him. and and they're going to find a reason not to right because obviously they're not gonna be like well you know because yeah you can't you can't get mad at Matt Hart. You know, it's like the guy had to testify at court. It's like you, you didn't find anything wrong that he did. You just heard his testimony at court, right? I mean, it's – so, uh, yeah, the thing is, uh, I think – um, If the Orioles aren't going to give you a job, nobody's going to give you a job. Yeah. Are, are, are the, the Orioles still the bottom? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, they are. Yes, they, they are. Win like, they literally win like 30 games a year, 40 games I, and so, yeah, it's uh, how are they even allowed to do that? 
every year. I don't know. I don't know. And the AL East too. The AL East is good. So it's the Red Sox, t- uh, Toronto, who's scary. The Yankees and fucking Baltimore. Guys, there are only like 10 to 12 teams in Major League Baseball that are trying to win. I swear. Yeah. Most teams are not. The Mariners ain't one of them. No. This year, we are trying to win. All right, we'll see. Now, I, here, here's a good question. Now, uh, since we're going to stay on the – let's stay on the baseball kick here for a second. What's, what's the likelihood we get an agreement here? Yeah, what's going on with that? I don't even know what's going on. Well, they 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 talk. They basically talk twice a week. There's not been much urgency until this come upcoming week. Um, Major League Baseball has had a drop dead date of the end of February, February twenty eighth, to get a deal done for the um, uh, a full spring training and full season. So we'll see if that uh, changes anything. Uh, hopefully it does. Um, I don't think spring training needs to be that long. I think it could be two or three weeks and that would be fine. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, oh, that's if, you don't have, if you don't have somewhat of a spring training, you're, you're going to have uh, come September – not September, um, starting in uh, April. April, yeah. If you don't have a decent spring training come April, the whole month is going to be dominated by pitching. Just oh, like I, guys who haven't swung a bat, right? Guys who haven't swung a bat, and it's just going to be like dudes just striking out, and you're going to get all these like weird. I, listen, I'm down games, for that. Right? I love when I love when pitching is dominating. It's that's the best part of baseball. So my oh, prediction okay. is. Is it MLB? They'll get some kind of agreement either at the end of the month or early March, where they're having two or three weeks, and they're going to extend the uh, the rosters. So maybe you'll have thirty players instead of twenty six, and most of those will be pitchers because they don't want to get the pitchers hurt. Uh, but you'll get a full season. Uh, but uh, uh, Neil, you were trying to say something. The irony of baseball is that when pitching is great, it's bad for baseball. Well, yeah, because only the diehards like sell. Doesn't every, sell. everybody wants to see bombs, dude. Yeah. Doesn't sell. Chicks. Pitching Chicks. is like pitching is like when Jacob deGrom, who's the greatest I've ever seen ever when he's just owning it. It's not fun for, for non-baseball fans. The you most accurate commercial of all time was Chicks dig the long ball 1996 Bill and the Braves big three commercial mm-hmm. that's what they said and it's very true everyone digs the long ball yeah now and then you, they don't get into the hall of fame because of it now we we <laughs> as baseball fans love a one to nothing game but the general public does not yeah so, yeah, yeah, I like to see I like to see dudes just embar- embarrassing themselves over the plate. I know it's a political podcast. We could do a whole episode just on the the uh, hypocrisy of of baseball, like the Hall of Fame writers. Like, who gives these fucking nerds that have never ever could never play baseball with these dudes the right to decide who the fuck gets into the Hall of Fame? Fuck you. That's but that's a whole other. We can go on and on about that. But um, 
So because they set it up, then they set the Hall of Fame. I mean, that was doesn't matter. Like Like, they don't let they don't let like they don't let certain people in because they like weren't good like interviewers. Like they were mean to like they you were mean to me. So you don't get into the Hall of Fame. Like you're not a fucking baseball player. There's there's no your peers should the peers should decide who 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 are the greats. That's 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 journalism, bro. Yeah, I guess. If uh, you don't like the guy, you can vote no for him. So yeah. Um, anything else, guys? So yeah, so I said we. I was gonna say we got a little uh, sports heavy, which I'm not complaining about. Um, but yeah, is 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 uh, Todd? Do you have anything else that you want to add to? Uh, I think we're good. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't we don't go to war, but I think we're good. I don't think we're going to war. I think we, you know. I I, I really I really don't see how Biden sells that to middle America. Like I, like how does Biden sell? I mean, how do you sell that, Todd? How do you sell a war that's popular in D.C., but no, nobody else in the country? I mean, oh. how, how? How do you but wag just, that dog? Like you were talking about the unit party is the military-industrial complex. I mean, that's why he would, we would get into that. And we would have to be pulled in somehow giving arms to Ukraine or something. You know, maybe not in the uh, traditional sense, but we would have to help Ukraine uh, in some way uh, because uh, that's what the uh, elites wants, basically. We, we They want uh, some kind of military conflict so they can say, hey, we're trying to defend democracy here. So even though most Americans have nothing to do with Ukraine, or anything of that sort. So, yeah. did you did you know that the Ukrainian president has shut down the opposition party's TV station? I'm not surprised. You can do. Did that? you know the Ukraine the Ukrainian president his political party has like imprisoned other members of the opposite political party? Why so not? Like, well, He's well, you, know, you kind of what, what I find interesting about you, Todd, and I and I and I'm, and I'm being. <laughs> And I'm being serious here. I'm being serious here. Is you is you're you're outraged, you know, that Putin would do such a thing, but but you kind of just shrug it off. You're like, oh yeah, well yeah, it's like yeah yeah, Ukrainian president does that, and it's like no no can, it, no no. Be consistent. If you're gonna time. be out. If you're gonna be outraged because Putin's doing it, then you then you also have to be outraged that Zelensky does it. So. So then my, my, my point is, is like, is, is Zelensky, we can say then, in your words, is a bad dude, right? He's a bad man? Like I said, uh, certain parts of the world want dictatorship. And I think that part of the world, including Ukraine, wants the same thing. I'm not saying that they don't want dictatorship. They just want to be their own country. And believe me, if Ukraine and Russia went to war, do I want the U.S. involved? Hell no. So I think let we'll, me let, we'll get involved some way. Probably not that we'll be a third party, but we'll probably arm the Ukrainians. So let me ask you a question. What, 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 I mean, what would you say if a president started throwing congressmen into jail? I mean, you, you would say that's pretty well, undemocratic, right? Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I don't think we have any position or need to go to war 
at all. Right. I don't think we no, should no, have no, any. Todd, no, no, Todd. I'm, ta- I'm talking about. Look, I, I, we agree on that. My, my point is, is that you're saying that Putin and Zelensky, they're bad guys, right? But my question to you is, like, do you feel the same way if a president was to throw like active congressman, uh, active congressman into into jail? That, that God, I fucking horrible. wish they could. That, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, of course. Okay, so 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 Abraham Lincoln is just like Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, who 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 threw in a duly elected member of Congress, he was a congressman from Ohio, because the congressman from Ohio disagreed with Abraham Lincoln's policies. Abraham Lincoln had him thrown in jail. Rich. So Abraham Lincoln. Well, then he got murdered. So <laughs> he paid for it. of habeas corpus. I understand. Um, I'm just saying, like people, people are very funny when, with their outrage, and and obviously, I'm 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 half heartedly. I like you, so I'm half heartedly teasing you. But like, but when I see when I see when I see like people writing for when I see people, yeah, I have a weird way of showing it. Right when I see people writing for the New York Times telling me how terrible these these leaders of these other countries are, um, you know, I just. I just kind of like to remember other things that our leaders have done before in the past. And that, that's all. So. I understand. I, I really do. I mean, I did everything. Did Lincoln do everything correctly? Probably not. But the ultimately. Uh, so we could say that did Putin do everything correctly? Probably not. Definitely not. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, look. My my point is is if we're going to measure people, let's me- let's measure them fairly. You're saying they all, all suck. They they all suck. That's that's the answer, right? Yeah, all right. Well, that's a co- that's kind of a cop well, out, but well, it's the truth. <laughs> it's not a cop out. I'll, it's the, I'll it's the tell you, they're final. human beings. I'll yeah. tell you one thing that my mom hates Abraham Lincoln for a different reason. He hated Native Americans and killed Native Americans. But that's a totally different subject, which I won't get into. But that's fine. So, yeah, I mean, people are complicated. So that's why I'll say it in the night. All right. Well, on that note, do you uh, do you want to uh, send us off, Gary? I would like to say that we have a little uh, I would like to little teaser that we have. We, the three of us have been working on a, a, a episode that is reviewing the news, but it's the news from a long time ago that uh we want to take on a topic. We're going to take on a topic and hit it hard, but uh, I don't know what else I could say. If there's anything else you guys could say better about that, but doing a history uh, episode is just fine. So that's pre good. pre uh, pre World War One, leading up to World War One. That's right. That. That's right. Well, guys, um, it's been fun tonight. Um, Gary, um, lead us out. All right. Well, uh, you can find us at Review News uh, 1000 on Twitter, uh, on Facebook. I think Neil's still working to get some of the episodes up. I put, I put some more on the other night. I'm working on it. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. You're welcome. Um, uh, you can uh, find us on uh, Anchor, uh, Google, on any, we're on Spotify. On um, Joe Rogan. And, uh, we're waiting for Joe Rogan to buy our show. Uh, come on, Joe. Give me like ten grand. Sell, bro, it, sell it cheap. <laughs> sell it real cheap. <laughs> um. So, but uh, 
thank you for listening to Review the News, where we make uh, the news make sense to you. And uh, have a wonderful night.